This is part one. So, um, and uh, let me introduce you to Judith because that's actually why you're here. Uh, Judith is a psychiatrist, a practicing intuitive, and assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at UCLA. She's the author of the uh, bestsellers Guide to, in, <coughs> Guide to Intuitive Healing and Second Sight. And then her new book, Positive Energy, just came out a few weeks ago. And I'll turn it over to Judith. Can I have a copy, please? Thank you. I'd like to read you a poem by a friend of mine and one of the most wonderful poets in the world, Mary Oliver. Um, I start the book out with this to set the energy for it. When it's over, I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. (sighs) I mean, that, that says everything for me. It really does. I mean, this is what we want. This morning is about energy. This morning is about summoning the positive energy that we have inside of ourselves to transcend the negative energy. This is our plight here on earth as I see it. And when we learn how to do this, we have a lot of empowerment. And when we're embattled by negative energies that are around in the world and they keep getting us down and keep battering us, then we're victims to what's going on. And I hope this day will be a day for you to sense energy like you've never sensed it before. (laughs) <laughs> I mean it <laughs> I mean it um, this woman with the red hair right here you, you sense, you don't think you let your body sense the energy everyone in here from this moment on I'd like you to turn on your bodies and I'd like you to begin to sense me and to sense this day and to sense this group and to sense this, this room which is going to transform very quickly I promise you in terms of positive energy you'll begin to feel the the shift I want you to begin to feel this in your body so you can take away the experience with you in your life and so you could find it again All right, this day for me isn't about me up here talking to you about energy that's not going to do a whole lot of good Um, what will do a lot of good is if you can experience what's going on here And that may be uh, blocks that you feel as I'm talking, which is fine. I love blocks. (laughs) They don't deter me. (laughs) And I hope they don't deter you. (laughs) Or you might feel rushes of energy that can go through you and openings. But I want you to feel in your body and I want you to begin to look at me and see me not just as a human being, but you know, certainly as a human being, first and foremost, because we're all human beings here, and that's a very beautiful thing. Uh, but also to see me as, a, as energy fields that penetrates my body and goes beyond my body many feet, 
we have these light bodies that extend beyond the physical bodies that are part of the unseen world. And the unseen world, in my opinion, makes up more than the seen world. Um, and so our plight today is to map out the geography of the unseen world so you can feel it and get it. And uh, I don't know if any of you have read uh, the book Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. It's one of my favorite books in the 60s. Um, but he talks about the word grok, how you really get something. It's not with your mind, it's grokking it with everything that you have. And that's what intuition is about, that's what energy is about, and this, that's what I hope this day is about. So be aware, as you're sitting here, any negative flows that come up, any negative currents, um, any breakthroughs, because you will have breakthroughs. Um, this woman in the blue right here, be prepared for a breakthrough. Yes, this one right here. Yes, you'll, be, you'll have a breakthrough today. This is my prediction. Your, um, your wish will come true, whatever it was. You Be aware of it. Don't let your attention drift today. The thing is with intuition and with energy is that things can happen so quickly and flashes of transmissions of information, knowings in your body, um, all of this can happen very quickly and you might forget them. I could be talking and you could have the most important flash of your life and because you're focused on my linear train, if it is linear, um, to... Um, Remember, though, and I hope you can jot down. I see a lot of you with um, little pads. I love little pads. No, they're great because they help you remember what, what is all too easily forgotten with intuition and energy because you're coming from a different part of your brain and a different part of your being when you sense energy. And so if you feel it with your body, if you stay open to the, the playfulness of it all because this is a very playful realm, if you're overly serious and overly intense when you're tuning into intuition or energy, you'll block it. <laughs> so this is not the time or place to bring that over-seriousness in or to bear down with the mind. If you're here to learn about energy, you've got to be a little bit expansive and playful. And try, well, look at me. You know, as I'm teaching, because <laughs> um, it comes through with me too. Because when I'm playful, and, and it's, it's just a joy, of course, with a group like this, um, then my intuition can flow more freely. You see, if you just sit there and you, you try and tune in and you're overly intense about it, then it will close the door to the mystery. It will. So this is a little tip for all of you. How many of you are healthcare professionals? Oh my goodness. How many of you are not? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Um, well, this is very good. Um, all the healthcare professionals who work with people, an important tip is to center, breathe, open, and not bear down when you're with patients. Don't get overly serious when you're working with people um, because they won't appreciate it. You know, it'll just intensify whatever it is they're going through, and you won't have a good time as <laughs> you'll wear yourself out. Um, but positive energy, I want to define it for you because I wrote this book for an important reason. I wrote this book because our society is in crisis now and we're at risk for losing a lot at this point. I don't know how many of you treasure the earth or have thought about it. How many of you do? Sincerely, it's a heart thing, you know. If you feel the connection with the earth, if you treasure the earth, now is the time to summon all the positive energy in yourself to protect it. 
and its people because it's in jeopardy now. And when you know what positive energy is, when you begin to consciously channel it in your bodies and you make a commitment not to lead a life that's tyrannized by fear, it changes everything that you do. All right, and this is the basic premise of the book, is to honor positive energy, which I define as coming from a place of heart. That is the most powerful positive energy you have is your sense of heart, loving kindness, and connection to a spiritual presence that, that extends way beyond anything you can imagine here in the material world. It's an energy that's so huge, this positive energy in, of the divine is so huge if you can imagine the hugest thing you could imagine and, and imagine that blasting apart and opening up so you can't see the beginning or end of this love, I'm telling you, it's there. It's only graspable through your intuition, though. The mind can't understand spirit or God or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so you have to open up with your intuition to feel this. And this is the essence of positive energy. We as human beings have this capacity of heart, the heart chakra, that's in our, the middle of our chest that we will work on opening today. We, it will be fun. Um, it's the most pleasurable thing you'll ever do, probably. Um, but maybe that's a matter of opinion, too. <laughs> and so when you open up this heart chakra... It's fun to be human. <laughs> you, you open up this heart chakra and you begin to channel what that positive energy is. You begin to stimulate hope and faith and laughter and joy and belief in yourself. And opening to everything that is good and kind and positive in this life. That's what this heart chakra does. That's positive energy. And you can feel positive energy coming from people. And I want you to practice today just sensing the positive energy um, around people because it's exuded in their presence or their energy field. Yes, it goes out to here. <laughs> Maybe even further. Who knows? But you can feel it. And positive energy feels good. It energizes you. It lifts your energy up. Um, it's, it's soft and it's supportive and it's wonderful and it's exciting and it's exhilarating and most important, your body wants to move towards it. All right, this is something you need to know with intuition about your body because your body is a compass and if you allow it to, it will move. And so you notice with positive energy around people, your body moves towards it and it goes like this and sometimes you may want to put your arms around the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's positive energy. All right, negative energy, um, negative vibes around people are very real. And by negative vibes, I mean fear, violence, damage, lack of hope, hopelessness, lack of faith, lack of joy, lack of connection to spirit. All right, this can be felt around somebody. And your body will feel depleted around this, most likely. You'll feel de-energized, you'll feel negative energy, you can feel prickly, or it pulls you down like you're in quicksand. Um, or you might want to move away, your body doesn't feel comfortable around it. And what we're going to be talking about today in great length is um, 
how to protect ourselves from energy vampires. People who, oh, you like this. <laughs> People who suck you dry. Um, and it's very real on a subtle energetic level where somebody, you could be around them. It just makes you tired thinking about it, really. Um, when you're around a negative person, um, they can suck you into this energy field and take your energy from you. And this is very real. And I know that people doubt themselves about this. And so, first you need to learn to sense the positive around people and trust it. The negative around people. And also begin to feel the positive energy in yourself. This is very important. To feel what that's like when you're connected to your heart. And when you're connected, when I'm connected to my heart, this is what it feels like to me. It's like a warm sun in the middle of my chest expanding. And it, it's very ecstatic for me. It feels like love in the deepest sense, but not so much on a personal level. More in terms of energy moving, the warmest, most beautiful energy opening up in my chest. That if you go back to this place, this is what replenishes you. All right, this is the source in here. The heart is the source. And so each of you, I'd like you to feel what it, the heart feels like to you. And you may have it open during this time. And what it'll feel like is something right here in the middle of your chest. It starts to vibrate or pulsate or move. And it's warm and it's luscious and you, you want to go with it. You don't want to shut it off. The mind might come in and go, what is this? You know, the mind doesn't know about the heart moving. And the mind wants to analyze it all. But just for today, just for today, um, try to set that analytic mind aside and just enjoy it. <laughs> just feel it. Because this is where you want to come back to over and over again. And as a psychiatrist and an intuitive, this is primary work I do with patients, is teaching them how to open their hearts, teaching them how to come from this positive place. Because if you don't have this resource, when you deal with all the dark night of the soul and all the darkness that's within people, you don't have something to return to. And it's important to have the resources because as human beings, we have a huge amount of darkness in us, everybody and don't be, no need to be ashamed of it at all. No need to be ashamed. Everybody has fear. Everybody has anger. Everybody has violence. I got this very alarming email this morning um, from somebody, and I, I think about it. I look at everything as something to learn from. But I got an email from someone who said he was part of the KKK. Isn't that? I've never had that before. And that he wanted to, you know, kill everybody who he, you know, you know their thing. And I got this, uh, you know, and I was thinking, wow. Yes, I don't particularly feel threatened by it at all, you know, personally. But it's just the hatred out there. You know, there is a lot of hatred out there. And don't think it's just out there. It's in ourselves. I can understand that. I can understand that email. All right, when I tune in, in terms of my lowest, lowest self, and when I'm feeling most insecure or most unhappy or most unappreciated, I can relate to that. Not in a positive way, of course, but what I'm saying is that each of us holds everything. The most violent, horrible, obscene um, impulses out there, we have them too. We do. And this is a good thing for you to know um, so you can transcend them. All right. The, the point is, of course, is not to go to a base level like that and not be motivated by fear or insecurity or hatred. But the hatred is out there, and that's why we're here on Earth now, is to heal that. 
All right? We're here to heal this. And just for you to know, throughout the eons, leaders and political systems have tried to control us with fear. And this is the one ploy that succeeds. If they get the masses to be afraid, then they'll go like sheep and they'll lose their power. All right? This is just given. You look back on history. This is the one thing. They press the fear button and the masses are gone. All right? You don't want to let this happen. All right? I bring this up in the beginning just to let you know. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> that we have all this fear in us. And it is true. We do. So don't try and, and run and hide from it. It's very important that you um, own it, whatever the fears you have inside of yourself, and then begin to, to get beyond that. And that's what positive energy is about. It's about making a commitment to what's positive in ourselves, the energies that are positive in ourselves, so that we can um, build those. And the more we build those, and you feel it, it's this amazing feeling as it builds over the years. Now, this is a lifelong process, by the way. I mean, this is one workshop, but this is something I hope you commit to until the moment you die, and even further than that. Go further. Make this a commitment for all time. Make a commitment to love for all time, all non-time. As there will be a, a, the time isn't the appropriate word, but there will be a, a transition, I guess, um, where there won't be time anymore, but there will be a whole lot of heart. <laughs> So, to make a commitment to go with it at that point. Now, this energy I'm talking about in this book, so, so wonderful to be able to share this with you. You know, I'm very happy. This is my first LA <clears throat> appearance, you know, with this book, and it's very new, me getting out and talking about it, so it's, it's very precious to me to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But this energy that I'm talking about, this subtle energy that penetrates and extends beyond the body is the soul's energy. It's what is with us before we are born and we exist before we are born. We exist. I know there's some out there who doubt that. We exist before we are born. It's the energy we are right now in this human form and it's the energy that we take with us when we go. You see, this is the real jewel. There's nothing else we can take with us but what we develop here in terms of the energy of the heart. You have the energy of the heart, you take it with you, and you could go with that. Um, if you don't have that when you go, then um, there's not as many flowers in the bouquet. Let's put it that way. Um, and so this is what you want to develop is the positive energy. In the soul's energy, and in traditional medicine, it's very interesting, we don't have a word for the soul's energy or vital life force. Yet in all healing traditions, there are words for it, shakti, shi, chi, prana, ni, nam, uh, biofields, in terms of parapsychology research. But if I go into a, at UCLA where I'm on staff and I begin talking about energy fields around the body, they're going to look at me like I'm nuts. Because they don't study ancient healing traditions, for one thing, or integrated into uh, modern medicine. And second, they don't have the experience of what it is to feel energy. It's like trying to describe the color green to someone who has never seen it before. All right, and my approach, for those of you in uh, healthcare situations where there's not a lot of support, this I feel strongly about, and I, and I talk to a lot of doctors, and I know the rigidity there. Um, my approach is never to convince them of anything. 
All right, that's not my approach. My approach is to win their hearts. <laughs> you watch and see how it works. <laughs> and the way you win their hearts is through your passion and through your caring of the patients and through the sharing of the techniques that you will learn here today or the sharing of how important it is to listen to the intuition, but not in a threatening way. You don't say it, you know, you better listen because you, you know, you're so blind, you can't see this, what's the matter with you? You know, of course there's a part of you that feels that way. <laughs> but my point is, you know, the negative energies, we, we, have, a, we have choices about how we relate. Um, don't come from that place. That's like, it's understandable to feel it. You don't repress that place. It's not that you say, I don't feel it. Yes, I feel it. But you don't come from that place. You make a choice to come from a place where they can hear you. And you talk about the love of the patients, you know, the love of the people you work with and how listening to intuition helped. And they're going to go, oh, wow. Sometimes they go, oh, wow. Tell me more about that. And you never use the word psychic. Never, ever. <laughs> I tried that with my first book and it was very naive because I used the word psychic and it is just too tarnished a word in our mainstream culture um, they associate it with fortune tellers and gypsies and charlatans and you know that's in part true in part, in part um, but to use the word intuition that's the way I, I do it they, then doctors can hear more now, I spoke at the American Psychiatric Association on energy and intuition, and I didn't know what the response would be. Um, very interesting. Um, you know, people who have worked with me and studied with me, they know how much I love flowers. I love flowers. Flowers, very positive energy. And so when I went to speak at the American Psychiatric Association, they, someone, one of my students sent me a whole bouquet of flowers, which is very unusual for talks at the American Psychiatric Association. <laughs> So they saw this. You know, this is an important thing for them to see that flowers would be sent. They don't, you know, they don't think flowers being sent in front of a presentation. They think getting the notes together and giving the presentation, but the flowers were sent. And um, the doctors at first were a little hostile, but then they were very open. Once they heard uh, about patients healing from intuition, patients healing and getting more energy from this. And then I would get letters and emails saying, oh, I tried it and it really worked and thank you. Yeah. So you, little by little, you have to have patience when you deal with healthcare professionals. Um, you've got to have compassion because, you know, they're coming from a place where they don't have the experience of energy and intuition. And to me, that's a place of poverty. You see. And so remember that when they get bristly and they give you the looks. Remember that. Um, this is a way not to get hooked in by the negative energy of people around you. Um, and so, you know, my mission is to bring an awareness of energy and intuition into the mainstream. That's what I want to do. I'm not just interested in staying peripherally. I really want to get in the heart of it. And it's not for everybody, really. And you only do it um, if if the energy is there, if you have the desire, there is no good or bad about it. And when I talk about listening to positive energy, I mean listening to what you want to do, listening to where the energy is there. Many of you are about to make decisions about things or have come here 
um, because you're on the verge of something. Um, like this woman in the green. She's on, to me, she's on the verge of something. Yes, um, and today you'll get the answer if you stay open to it. Very important. You don't have to wait forever sometimes. Sometimes it does require patience to wait, and at other times the answer is available. So don't think you don't have it right now. Um, can you give her the microphone, please? Do you have a question about that? Um, Do that again. Do that again. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's, I have so many questions. No. Um, I know. I'm prepared. What decision? Yeah. What decision? Or what? Well, the decision you're going to make. Okay. Go ahead. Get it out. Um, I don't know. I have so many things going on right now. I can't think of one. Career. Yeah. Okay, what's the career decision you're going to make? Um, yoga, photography, I have like all these things. I don't know what it is going to be. She has a myriad of choices and she's <laughs> about to make a decision. Um, let me give you a hint as you sit here today. Do something that, where you can help others in the healing professions. If you go somewhere else, you won't be happy. Do you know this about yourself? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Then why are you hesitating? Fear. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fear, that's good. Fear is the main reason why we hesitate. You're meant to work with people. You go out and do it and have fun with it. Sometimes we have decisions to make and we know the energy is there. You, you feel yoga. You feel healing someone. You know you love it. I see that in you. Yes, do you, under, do you feel that yourself? Yes? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. She has the passion for this. She'll be terrific at it, and yet she hesitates. All right. I just use her as an example because some people are on the verge. They know what to do. Their intuition knows what to do, and, but they don't do it because of fear. All right. I want to encourage you, everyone who's on the verge like this woman here, just to feel where the energy is for what your deepest desire is. This is positive energy at work is feeling where the energy is for whatever decision it is you're going to make. And then you go with the energy. And if the energy is not there, you do not do anything. All right, this is important because people act out of anxiety. They want to make a decision. They have a project going or they want something to happen and yet the energy isn't there yet. Don't do anything. Or you can try doing something and you'll see that it doesn't work out. You know, that's... Um, that's, that's always a good lesson, too, when you don't listen to where the energy is and then you go forward. That's, everything's a lesson in my mind. There's no wasted time. None. As long as you look at it from a standpoint of what can I learn from this. And then you can learn from it and go, okay. Now, for many years, you know, I've been teaching intuition and energy and helping people to develop their, their intuition. Um, but sometimes in the past, I would get very stubborn um, about... I would tune in to, let's say, a project that I really, really wanted to happen. And I'd get, no, now is not the time for it to happen. But I'd want it to happen. And so I'd push and push and push and get through, you know, try and push through a door that hasn't opened yet. You see, that only leads to frustration. That doesn't lead to success. But it was good for me to do because I learned what it felt like to keep pushing when the door isn't open. That's a good experience to have energetically. Very good experience to have. Um, so you know not to do it again. Or you may need to do it ten times. 
you know, human beings are stubborn, they don't learn. And so you do it again, doesn't work. Do it again, you beat yourself down. Do it again, not working. Um, do it again, get a depression. You know, do it, do it again, get a heart attack. <laughs> then you go, oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, you know, it's all okay. But my goal for you is to get you to act quickly. You know, is to get you to act on that first impulse that goes, yes, move ahead. The energy in the body, this is what you have to listen to. Yes, move ahead, or no, don't move ahead. Yes, this feels great. No, there's caution here. Caution, beware. Beware of the energy vampire. Don't marry him. <laughs> I had a patient. <laughs> you don't know how many people do. Um, because we don't trust our intuition. Somebody may look perfectly good on paper. You know, they have good looking, they're intelligent, they're funny, um, but you feel drained around them. Just that should be the deal breaker. You feel drained. You don't want to marry someone you feel drained around. And it could be just an energetic rapport that's not working. That's all. But you need to know that about somebody. Uh, with business partners, you need to feel an energetic rapport. Otherwise, you can get into big trouble because you feel nothing. Um, this woman with the red hair, there's no need to go to her. I'm just speaking to her. She won't. All right. In business relationships, um, you need to have colleagues who are consistent with what you're about. Otherwise, you're going to feel um, frustrated and depressed. All right. It's important to stick that out. Find colleagues that are like-minded peers. All right. It'll be very good for you. All right. And don't accept anything less. All right, with energy, you cannot accept anything less. You have to really do this and commit to it. When the energy is there, you go for it and you look for people who are uh, like-minded others who can uh, be in your, what do you call it, when you really resonate with someone and that dance is going and you feel good and you're moving and, you know, life is, is, has uh, energy to it and, you know, you know that feeling? What is it? Synchronicity. Yes, you're living in a state of synchronicity. You're living in a state of the now. You're enjoying yourself. You're connecting. You're moving. The kinesthetic energy is there. You might want to dance or sing sometimes. You know, you're moving. You're moving. You know, that's what it's about. That's the energy. Everybody can feel it. There's not one person in here who doesn't know that. I interviewed Quincy Jones in this book, Behind the Intuition Chapter. And I, I had the great uh, privilege of interviewing various heroes of mine who are well-known behind the uh, various chapters of the book because I wanted to hear what positive energy was for them. Um, honestly, I can speak to the end of the world about intuition and energy, and, and a lot of people will listen. But, you know, more people will listen if these well-known people can talk about it and say, no, this is what I do. And plus, it was just totally fun for me to interview him. But he talks about... Living by the goosebumps. All of his life, he lives by the goosebumps. And what a, beautiful way. what a beautiful way of expressing it. Living by the goosebumps. You all know that feeling? That's the energy moving through you, positive energy, the goosebumps. You feel that wave of goosebumps and you go, yes, you don't explain them away. All right? You don't let your mother say, what do you mean goosebumps? 
Because there's always going to be someone out there who's going to raise their eyebrow and is going to say, what are you talking about? You know, making a decision to go on a retreat and leave your job for a few weeks just to replenish yourself based on the goosebumps, that man in the white over there. <laughs> but we must, you know, if you, yeah, retreats are very good for you. You take them. Don't make excuses not to take them. All right, but Quincy Jones, he says, I've counted on my intuition for 50 years. 5-0. I wouldn't be here if I didn't trust it. To me, intuition is paying careful attention to God's whispers. God's whispers. It's the most natural part of us. Listening gives us energy and inner power. What you feel, not what you think. That's what it's all about. I live by goosebumps. I get them every time something really touches me. Music, movies, poetry, and emotion. Then I know I've got the right take. Nothing to talk about unless I get the goosebumps. Yeah. And, and then he goes on to talk about his two brain surgeries that he had for aneurysms and how his intuition just expanded after the aneurysms. He says, since my brain operations, I believe in this even more. They opened up my head twice, aneurysms. I really started to trust my intuition to the point where I knew who was going to call on a day when I would get 30 calls. <laughs> it was really funny and strange. I talked to my neurosurgeon. He said, that's the way we're supposed to project. Maybe the brain surgeries cleared the cobwebs out. <laughs> a lot of it is that I, just, that I was just happy to be alive. Now listen to this. A great doctor listens to intuition. I would ask doctors to open their minds. My neurosurgeon talks about the brain as God's art. Also, a lot of men think of intuition as feminine. It isn't macho enough. Please. Creative people depend on this feminine side. You're missing half your life if you ignore it. If a man feels intuition is too soft, I'd say try it. If you think you're okay now, you'll be twice as good with intuition. We should be proud to be intuitive. Intuition is God's gift to you. Your gift to God is to take care of it. And that in turn can nurture your energy. I, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, I've started this new thing. I told the group yesterday, I tend to start crying at various points. <laughs> yes, I get moved. I never used to do this. Um, so feel free too if you feel like crying. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I really enjoy it. It's something quite pleasant for me. <laughs> so um, it's a good thing to cry. But we need to take care of this intuition that allows us to feel energy. The intuition allows us to feel the energy. When we begin to open up our bodies and how we sense vibes and how we begin to live by those vibes, it's not just about sensing them anymore. It's about living by what we're picking up. That we can begin to make good choices about health, about relationships, about career. Um, but it takes a certain amount of courage to listen and a certain amount of um, letting go of what other people will think. All right, that's important because I'm telling you, everybody has an opinion about this. And growing up with two parents who were doctors, and I have 25 doctors in my family, 
I have a long lineage of the rational and the, you know, logical thinkers. And when I grew up, I was a little girl and I had uh, premonitions about things. And I would predict deaths and illnesses and earthquakes. And my parents finally got so disturbed by this, they told me not to mention these intuitions again at home. And so I grew up believing there was something wrong with me. Um, and that I was somehow causing these things I was able to predict. All right, but my healing path and the fact that I'm up here now feeling so confident and uh, passionate about this, my healing path has been to integrate intuition, to believe in it, to act on it, to live, on, live, live it every moment. And I don't mean missing any moments. I mean, I don't mean just going to work and using it. I mean, I listen to it as I'm driving in the car. I listen to it as I'm walking down the street. I'm a big believer in walking down the street and being ecstatic. <laughs> I really am. Not to miss out those moments of walking down the street. They're very, very special. And the reason why I know this and I live it is because I can feel the energy of what that is. And, you know, our lives are very short. They may seem long at times, you know, filled with various challenges, um, but our lives are short. I'm sure in the scheme of things, we'll look back on our experience here on Earth and it will be a blip on the screen, and it'll just be a blip. And it's unclear how much of this we'll remember, you know. And so here we are with a memory in the here and now, learning about uh, intuition and energy. Now, there's a point I want to get across to you um, from the very beginning, which is very important, and I stress it in the book. It's this concept of intuitive empathy. Um, I am an intuitive empath, and maybe some of you are too. And what intuitive empathy is, is the ability to sense energy in the world or in other people, and we not only sense it, but absorb it in our bodies and get tired from it. All right? Or we overeat over it. Are, how many of you are intuitive empaths? Yeah, there's always about a third or a little bit more of the group. Um, I've been an intuitive empath since I've been a little girl. And the way I knew I was an empath, I didn't know it at the time, but I couldn't go into shopping malls or crowded places because I would go in feeling fine and walk out either exhausted, um, anxiety-ridden, or with some ache or pain I didn't have before. And what I felt as a child, which was never explained to me, was that I was picking up energy in crowded places. And when we get together in crowded places, including this room, um, our energy fields, which extend beyond the body, overlap. And so we feel the intensity of all that energetic charge blasting us. You see, and people aren't even doing anything. They're just walking in the mall or going shopping. They're doing nothing. But because they exude both positive and negative energy, and we're energy sponges, just walking in that environment, particularly if it's closed off from the sky and the, the fresh air, uh, we pick up that energy. And you need to know that because if you don't know it, uh, you might walk around exhausted all the time or with chronic fatigue or chronic depression. And you might want to go in uh, to a doctor and explain this. And this something, physicians do not understand this concept. This is missing. It's, it's a huge travesty as far as I'm concerned. This is missing in mainstream medicine. Um, if you go to a physician and you complain of, of chronic fatigue and you're an empath, there is no way that that physician will have the context to explain it to you. And so what will probably happen is you'll get sent to a psychiatrist and be offered Prozac for depression and low energy. 
That's what will happen. And if this is you, if you're an empath, you need to go to some kind of an energy psychiatrist or energy practitioner who can, or an acupuncturist, Chinese medicine is great at dealing with this, um, to go to somebody who could understand that you're absorbing energy and help you balance your chi and help you uh, center yourself. But this is a huge thing. Empaths can go into movies and sit next to somebody in a funny movie and have, walk out with their energy drained if they're sitting next to somebody who's depressed or tired. Because you're sitting there and your energy fields overlap. Whoever you're sitting next to, and don't get paranoid. <laughs> Whoever you're sitting next to. If you're an empath, you're wide open. You're an energy sponge. And you can absorb whoever is next to you. And for that reason, life can become a very difficult place to live if you're an empath. Because first of all, you probably don't have the words to articulate what's going on. You just feel tired. You just feel depressed. You just feel worn out. And this is a chronic feeling. And you don't know why. And so what I want to give you is some tools today to handle empathy because I have learned many a tool for my own survival in the world um, and my own, well, not just survival, my own well-being, you know, my own joy um, so that I don't get depleted and depressed and pick up everybody's ache and pain. I was at a point where I could sit next to someone with back pain and I would start feeling it in my body. You know, and that, this is not a good thing, by the way. <laughs> and it's misconstrued as a good thing in, in not just our culture but the world because the way we define compassion is uh, misconstrued um, and compassion is not being with someone and taking on their pain you don't have to take on someone's pain in your body to be compassionate um, compassion can be holding the energy for somebody but, you know, in the turn of the century, faith healers, and even some healers now, they typically used to be these extremely obese women, where they, women in particular, who would be, weigh 200, 300 pounds. And they would do laying on of hands healing with patients, and they would close their eyes and put their hands over their patients and absorb all the symptoms, and the patients would feel better. And these healers would claim they had to have all this weight on to do the work because it buffered the negative energy. Yes, but it is true that fat buffers negative energy. It's true. The more uh, buffer you have on your body, the less that is going to come through. It's like Brunhilde. <laughs> it's the diva, the operatic diva who was a big, big woman, you know, who has the shield up, the shield and the sword um, in order to protect the body. That's Brunhilde. That's like an old archetype that I hope we can begin to redefine as healers and also as people in the world that we don't have to put on all this weight to buffer ourselves. It is true though, whenever empaths are thin, you feel the vibrations of energy in the world more. You absolutely do. And so you need to develop ways to center and protect yourself, which we will talk about at great length. And I hope you can ask me, you know, as time goes on, some questions about this and, and not hold back because this is such an important area. You don't want to walk around tired all the time. And I wrote this book because I know people do. You know, all over, people walk around exhausted and even with a low-level kind of fatigue. And we tolerate this as normal. And I consider that there's an energy crisis going on because nobody is next to us saying, hey, 
don't do this. You know, you deserve more. And this is how you, you can uh, achieve more energy. All right, so it's important that we strategize uh, in order um, to learn how to do this. I'll take some questions in a second, but I just want to tell you another story about what happened to me when I was writing this book. Because I, I tell you, because I often have to experience what I write about, and I, my path has always been to kind of trudge the road, and I learn, and I pick myself up, and I, and I learn, it sticks, the lessons stick. But I'm a big uh, relisher of experience of life. You know, and that has its pros and cons, of course. It's very difficult to experience life sometimes. But when I was writing this book called Positive Energy, I had an energy crash. <laughs> and at the time, I thought, oh my God, I'm writing this book and I have no energy. <laughs> what is going on here? And what was going on was that I had been teaching other people to enhance their energy and enhance their intuition for about five years. I had written my other books. I'd been on the road traveling quite a bit. And um, I was, had this low-level fatigue that was building and building and building, and I didn't honor it. And suddenly, right before 9-11, all my energy got taken away. And an energy crash isn't something where you can just feel better after a good night's sleep. It's not that way. It takes away all your energy, and it took me about a year to get it back. A year. And during that time, it's a, it's a leaden feeling, this kind of fatigue. I, have any of you experienced an energy crash? Yeah, a lot of people have. It's this leaden, horrible leaden feeling where you can't move. It's not really depression. It's just you can't move. You just can't move. You're so tired. Um, and during this time, I was forced to redefine my energy needs. And I was forced to go back to energy replenishers that really counted for me. My meditation practice, my connection with spirituality, my walking in the sacred canyon lands, you know, but in Malibu and Topanga, which just replenishes my energy so much. And I had to weed out energy vampires from my life. And it's interesting because when you come from a point of no energy, you have no tolerance for people who drain you. You don't. It's very different. <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> and you get very fierce about being around people who will feed you and just not being around people who don't. And so it was during the process of writing the book, and I, I had to, I still tried to write, but the writing wasn't good during that time period. It wasn't good, and I had to go back and, and redo it again. It wasn't good because I didn't have the energy to write it <laughs> and from my passion, because I write from a point of passion. I always do. Always. And if the passion isn't there, the writing is not so good. Um, and so during this time period, I had to cancel all of my lectures, which meant people were very mad at me. Um, and I had to tolerate the discomfort of people not being happy with me, but I had no choice. And I rested. And I stayed at home. And I walked by the beach. And I did all of these things that replenished me. And slowly but surely, my energy did come back. And I've experienced a rebirth as a result of this, a rebirth of energy. So, and, and during the time period, I just want to say, during the energy crash, I doubted my love of teaching. You know, it's so precious to me. Because I, I felt that I wasn't enjoying it because I was so tired, and I misconstrued that for not loving it. And it wasn't true. No, it was just that I needed to rest, and I needed to 
rearranged my life in a way that made much more sense for me. And I had to become fiercer about my energy needs. And then when I began teaching in groups again, I was just like putting my foot in the water. I would see if I loved it. I would see if I truly loved it because I was prepared to accept the fact that it wasn't for me even though I I had loved it so much for so many years. But what I found was that when I came back with my energy renewed, I loved it so much. And I was so thankful for that, you know, to have that love renewed. But when you try and do something when you're tired, it's not a good thing because it's hard to love anything when you're so tired. And even chronically a little bit tired, it doesn't have to be this huge energy crash. I just tell you this because it's my process and it's, I learned so much from it and it's what happened to me. And I tell you this so perhaps you don't have to get to this place. And those of you out there who have an energy crash, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's a warning. Um, So I hope you can use this as a warning not to let it get this far. But, you know, human beings are stubborn. And I know with doctors in particular, sometimes it takes getting a heart attack. Or sometimes it takes some kind of physical crisis to reevaluate your life. And our culture is crisis-oriented. But we don't want to feed into that. We want to really, really honor prevention, preventative medicine, preventative health care, so that we can now take um, access our, assess our energy needs and say, all right, who feeds me in my life, who doesn't? At this point, take an inventory. What places feed me in my life? What places don't? Uh, What gives me energy? What doesn't? And if you come from an abusive home or you come from parents who didn't encourage this in you, it's even harder, but it's even more important that you come from this place because the parents don't often support this in the child. And they'll often convey the message, maybe you're not worth it or you don't deserve to have this kind of energy that I'm talking about. Um, But you do. You do. Okay, I'll take a couple of questions now. There was one over here. Wasn't there? Yes, come up, please. Come up here. Come up, come up. Yes. Yes, come sit here. (laughs) Oh, you'll love it. You'll love these people here. You'll be able to sense the energy of them. Look at this group. Wow. (laughs) It's feel it in your heart. Yes. What does it feel like? Uh, Very warm, very loving. Yes, open, ready to move. It's yes, yes, nothing to fear out there. I wanted to say earlier to you that you know you cry a lot. I have too, and I was so embarrassed, and I tried so hard to block it. And someone said to me, "Don't block it. Those are streams of living water running through you." Oh. Say that again. Those are streams of living water running through you. The God force. And I hope you can trust that. I'm learning to trust more and more. I came from an abusive home, and so I have blocks sometimes, and I get mad at myself because intellectually I know better. <laughs> yes, yes, But yes. emotionally sometimes I get stuck, as I'm sure we all do. We all do, but to trust the energy that's running in you, the streams of water or the streams of energy, to bring that joy to yourself. As you're there, almost, almost there. You stop yourself a little bit, but it can explode. Thank you. In terms of the joy. Thank you for coming up. Thank you. Okay. 
Yeah, leave this here. Okay, just one more. Oh, she's barefoot. No good. It's a good thing. Were you were you going to put your shoes on when I said that? No, I wasn't. Oh, good. Okay. I forgot I was barefoot till you mentioned it. Hi. What is your question? Well, my question is, um, I have just started a new path, and I've been directed to um, help children, and I've started that. Um, and what? And my biggest fear now is that I have no credentials. I'm not really educated. I all I know is what I know from my guides and from my intuition and from my energy. That it is my path, and I. I don't have any doubts about it, but there's just that fear of no credentials to back myself up when I when I launch this new thing. What I, I actually teach um, self-defense to children, and I've started uh, showing them how to feel their own chi, their own energy. And it was amazing. Four-year-olds, little four-year-olds know this. They feel it. They sense it. It is the most amazing thing. So I teach from four-year-old to 16-year-olds. The older they get, the less they feel it. And I want to make sure that they never lose that. That is my passion, to, find, to make sure that they never, ever lose that. But I, I'm just a little terrified of, of uh, knowing if I'm actually qualified to do it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I could understand your terror. <laughs> um, but we must walk through our fears. Um, you have a great gift in working with children. You have to trust what's within you. And to, tr to teach the self-defense in children, you'll do beautifully. You must, you know, transcend your fears. Uh, we'll talk about that too and, and how to transcend the fears. And I can't tell you how many times I've been afraid, terrified, and I just do it anyways. <laughs> you just do it anyways. You have to trust. Look at her passion. She doesn't question her passion. And can you see her with the children? Thank you very much. <laughs> One more, and then I'll go on. Yes, come on up. She's got this wonderful outfit on. She's got all blue, and she has these flowered shoes. She's coordinated. It's very nice. Thank you. Um, How much thought did you put into the outfit? Put it, hold it up to your mouth. Not very much. Really? You have a gift. What what it kind of work naturally. do you do? Well, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Oh. Do you work with color? I dress with color to um, combat my work environment. Oh, so to consciously to create so positive. I, I very nice. Yes, hold I it need up to, to your mouth. I personally need to have, I'm an Aquarian, and I need to have the balance of the mental with the creative. And so I compensate by my wardrobe to help Very me my good idea. If you're into color and wardrobe, to transform a space with what you're wearing and your colors. That's a very nice idea. It's the first time I've ever heard that spoken, but I like that idea. To transform positive energy in a work environment to be the colors and to just walk through. People won't question that, you know. It's a very good idea. It has been um, challenging in certain work environments because I did work at Sun America with Eli Broad, who is one of the top corporate um, individuals in America, and I was not accepted for my wardrobe because they promote wearing brown, navy, green, and I come in with orange and purple and red. And 
I spent many an hour in human resources. <laughs> um, and then I went into a hospital setting, and I wore a lot of colors, and it was not very well accepted in, at UCLA at, in the hospital settings, but I still remained myself because I knew I needed it. It helped my spirit and my energy. I have a situation where, um, for this past year, I have worked very, very diligently in wanting to become a radio talk show host. And I wanted to empower people through education because I feel that the more, the more information you have, the better you can take care of yourself. And I signed up with a radio talk show host, believing in his integrity, and I put in $8,500 for this sort of supposed coaching experience. And I started to sense that I was in a scam. So I followed my intuition, and I decided to no longer associate myself with his energy because I felt that he just kept asking for more and more money, and I didn't know what I was getting out of it. And I am at a point where I made the decision to forego the $8,500, which I depleted three credit cards to do this, and I feel I have nothing, and so I'm feeling I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I mean, I'm trying to trust the energy that I didn't want to be associated with this energy, so I'm trying to trust myself, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm at Kaiser, and I'm very unhappy at Kaiser, but I know I have a gift to give, and so, help. <laughs> what can I get to now? So I wanted to trust my intuition. This is what is called a prayer, what she just did. All right, she put a prayer out to all of you to help her and also the universe. Don't miss out on that. That was a very special thing that she just did. It was very vulnerable. And it's very brave to say no to negative energy, particularly when you don't have the finances and you have to give up the 8,500. It's a very courageous thing to do. Um, so I affirm that. As and and my, my intuition was correct. <laughs> this is good to see. This is the self-doubt that comes in all of us. All right, this, yes. Yes, and I'd just like to say one more thing for you. Um, to, to think about transitioning into another work environment also, to give yourself permission to do that, you will find one where you're, you'll be able to have much joy, but to move in that direction at this point too. I wondered if the reason that the radio talk show um, situation at this point Hold in time... It up. I was wondering if the reason why the radio talk show situation did not materialize at this point in time was that I still needed to be at Kaiser. I'm in a very hostile work environment and I'm very intuitive. And I pick up the energies of my supervisor, who's a borderline personality, very manipulative, <laughs> turns things around, and I tuned into it. And I'm about the only one in my department of 12 who is very tuned into this. And I didn't know if I was to be there for a reason to change the energy. But I figured, you know, I don't want to rescue people. I need to take care of me. But I'm still there. And so I questioned if there's still another purpose for me to be there and I wanted to do, well, maybe I'm supposed to do a talk show on abuse in the work environment or a radio, a reality television program on abuse in the work environment. Yes, that, that is up to the mystery at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, 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 but, but to look for another job. Okay. Yes, Thank see what else is available out there. All right, thank you very much. I'd like you to see with these couple of examples were, for example, the, the woman who is into yoga, 
and her passion with that. And this woman who so knows this is negative energy, and yet she asked me. <laughs> All right, this is what we do. We doubt ourselves. And you can see the clarity, and I can see the clarity in these people that you wonder what their questions are because they come up. Um, this is a little different. Her fear was a little bit different because her fear can stop her. It's true, it's true, but it won't, it won't. Um, but people are very sure of their intuitions and yet they look to me. Well, is that so? This happens to me all the time. Um, and we need to be able to trust what's inside. I'm more than happy to affirm if, if I see that that's so to do it, but I'm not gonna be around all the time. Um, and so we all need to trust what's inside of ourselves, and maybe we'll have a little doubt. You know, maybe we'll say, this is negative energy. I know I'm not supposed to be around it, but is it really true? You know, there's always that nagging doubt. You just go ahead and trust it, and you see what happens. Because then you will get positive feedback. Um, if you make a decision not to be around negative people and negative energy, I think it's a very positive thing. All right, and maybe you don't know the reason why this person over here makes you feel uncomfortable, but sometimes it's just enough. Sometimes it isn't, but sometimes it's just enough that I'm not comfortable in this work environment, the way these people function here. I don't like the way they interrelate with one another, and I don't see much chance of change. All right, and so it might be time for me to keep moving on because there are work environments in terms of healthcare, in non-traditional healthcare, holistic healthcare, where the people are a lot more enlightened, you know, and they like to have fun more and they enjoy their patients more, you know, and they work, um, you know, mind-body uh, facilities. So you can look for that. And I encourage everyone who's unhappy in the healthcare profession to move towards something that has more energy to it. But sometimes there can be a lot of negative energy in your environment. And the negative energy can fill up a room. All right, it's, it's not as if it leaves. There's energy coming from people, and there's also energy coming from your environment, the actual place that you work in. Um, and so you need to feel comfortable in the space also, or in the house you live in. Um, so energy has a way of taking over a space. Uh, for instance, I went into... Um, the Grand Old Opry in Nashville. I, yeah, I don't know if any of you have been there. Have you two been there? No? Oh, it's an amazing place. All the country greats have been there, and I, I love country music. And so I walked in there, and the vibes are amazing. In the Grand Old Opry, I just sat there. I was a, taking a tour, and I just sat in the seats and felt Willie Nelson, you know, and felt Johnny Cash, and you could feel all these vibes building up over the years. So when you have really creative people and they keep coming to a location, they add to the vibe quota, let's put it that way. And so you can feel it, you know, that positive energy. Or if you go into an ashram or a meditation space where there's been a lot of love present, um, you can feel the positive vibes there. And if you do, be, be aware of the energy of places. You take it in. Don't hesitate because we have a kind of a shut-off valve that doesn't allow us to absorb the positive energy, but the negative comes in so quick, you know. But the positive, we, we don't have that quite immediate relationship with. And so when you feel the positive vibes, to let those in too. Um, but some places have negative vibes in them, and you can feel it. Um, this couple that I was treating as patients um, really wanted to have a new home. They wanted to build a family. Um, and they looked at, and they had a, a limited income, but they found this house in Beverly Hills that was sort of a mansion, and it was really cheap. 
and they were thinking about buying it. But the only problem was the reason that it was cheap and wasn't selling was that a grisly murder had occurred there. You see, and the vibes were not good. And when, when violence happens in a place, unless you have an expert cleaner of the vibes come in and purifier, the violence stays there. All right, so they had to make a decision, you know, should they buy it because it was a great deal or should they move on to a cheaper house somewhere else? And they made the decision to move on to a cheaper house somewhere else, which was a very good decision. <laughs> so you don't want to move into a house where violence has occurred if it hasn't been cleaned out. It can cause all sorts of problems. Um, when I worked with Thelma Moss in uh, the late 60s, early 70s, part of my job was investigating ghosts um, and there are a lot of um, uh, people in L.A. who feel their houses are haunted. Um, which is, isn't that interesting? More so than any other place, I think. And so we would go out. This was before Ghostbusters. We would go out and investigate. <laughs> before the movie, we would go out and um, investigate these houses. And people would make these claims that um, things would be flying around the room, dishes, the cabinets would be opening and shutting, and... Um, there would be uh, people who claimed they were bruised and hurt in this environment or the dryer and washer would go on and off. And what we found was not so much that there were ghosts there, but that there's this thing called psychokinetic energy, which means that our minds have the ability to affect the environment around us. And the families who claimed the ghost tended to be in chaos or there was abuse going on in the home or a lot of arguments. And every time the abuse would happen or the arguments would happen, then the phenomena would happen, which was interesting. And so what we found was that the negative energy of the people in the house were creating the disturbances of the physical surroundings. And when the people would move and they didn't deal with the violence that they were perpetrating, the phenomena would travel with them to the next house. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yes, and so the power of our minds, the power of our negative energy can affect many things, including our physical environment. But just think, if our negative energy can make cabinets go open and shut or make dishes fly across the room, what it can do to our bodies and our organs. All right, or what it can do to other people in terms of the vibes that people give off. Um, I believe that the, that the uh, invisible energies can be toxic and they can harm you. Just as they can be healthy and productive and you be around someone positive, they can actually help you or heal you when you're around somebody positive or when you're around somebody very negative. Um, the vibes, it feels like toxic rays in my body. If you feel negative energy, it feels like toxic rays penetrating my body. All right, and so I believe that the negativity coming from us towards ourselves or coming from other people towards us or in an environment can have an effect on us. And also the negative energy can come through in films. And I'd like you to be aware of this because when you go, there's a chapter on creative energy in here and I'd love to talk about films because it's the one place where we go and we are quiet. It's the one socially condoned place where people stop talking and they look and they're open to a different state of consciousness in the movie. And so here we are, a group of people, quiet together, in a movie theater, having, watching something and having the energy of what's on the screen come at us. And because of that, we're very vulnerable in that state. All right, we're energetically very vulnerable. And I once saw a movie that I am quite sure made me ill, physically ill. 
Um, it was called Frailty. I don't know if any of you saw it. It was never a popular movie, <laughs> thank goodness. But it was about a son who was teaching his, a father who was teaching the sons how to be mass murderers. And it was, it was very gruesome, very gruesome. And I felt in the movie the, the toxic rays coming in my body, in my abdomen actually. And I felt myself getting sick and I came down with the flu that night and I had a fever and abdominal pain and I'm quite certain it was from that movie. And um, so I'm just saying this to tell you that violence and negativity can have an effect on us. It can be subtle or it can be extreme. But we need to be open um, to how our bodies process energy in the world. And here are just some examples. People, movies, places, jobs. This is all um, our environment here in the material world about how we process energy. And to just stay open to that. When you leave here today, to begin to assess your various environments. Now, what feeds me? What saps me? Can I trust that? And even if somebody is supposed to really love me and support me, do I feel drained around them? And why? Now, to begin to trust your primary energetic experience of people, places, and situations so that you can begin to shift things. All right, when you do this, um, you begin to get incredible energy in your life. And it requires a fierceness. It requires you to be able to say to yourself, I deserve this. Energy is real. This is how I'm reacting to it. And these are the changes I'm going to make based on this. And I don't care what other people say. This is my body, my life, and these are my changes. And this will increase your energy level. You know, if you're walking around tired and you've kind of given up in a way to it and you just accept that that's the way you're going to be, um, don't shift that. Um, this woman here with the brown hair who's looking right at me, beautiful face. Don't accept the tiredness. Don't accept it. Um, you have the power to do a lot of things in your life. People, there are all kinds of people who will try and get you down. You know, they'll put you down. They'll tell you you can't do it, uh, but you can. Mm -hmm.